0: Welcome to another special bonus episode of The Dark Parade. My name is Beau, and I'm a found footage fool. Tell me the camera thing isn't annoying. Yeah, it's annoying. Hey everyone, uh, thanks for joining me on another episode of The Dark Parade. We will be doing uh, another... Found footage full episode this week. Next week, I believe is going to be a heart of horror. Uh, and as uh, as always, thanks for hanging with me while we are doing less of the in uh, the deep dive episodes on individual movies. And uh, I am finishing school, which is honestly the <laughs> the thing that takes up most of my time. But uh, this is kind of a special episode because I want to get. A little deeper into this movie in a way that you know we maybe don't normally with the the found footage full episodes. At any rate, the movie we're talking about this week is uh, *Devil's Pass*, which has a reasonable uh, set of, of bona fides in the sense that it is directed by a real deal Hollywood producer, and it reminds me a little bit of when. Um, Barry Levinson directed The Bay, that found footage movie, which is absolutely going to happen at some point, uh, on this show. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's interesting because, uh, you know, Rennie Harlan, not really known for horror movies as a rule and, and certainly not known for found footage. Um, but you know, dips his toes into the water here And I wonder if if the issue isn't that, you know, Rennie Harlan, at the time this movie came out, I mean, this movie hit in 2013. Um, He had, at that point, directed Die Hard 2. But before that had done uh, some movies like Exorcist, The Beginning, and Mindhunters, and Driven, and Five Days of War. A lot of movies that just weren't, hits you know the last one that uh was a big hit for him was really deep blue sea in 1999 almost 15 years before and so you know he did some tv and so forth and i think maybe devil's Pass was just sort of his attempt to kind of on a low budget level make a, a a bit of a splash again um which you know we'll get into it in a moment by the way just fair warning, we are going to be very spoiler heavy in this discussion because one of the things that makes this movie particularly frustrating and a little bit dumb is the ending of this film. So we're going to get into that a little bit. But uh, before we talk about that, the thing that I really like about this movie, or the idea of this movie is probably a better way to phrase it, is that it it's going after a real... Thing like the Dyatlov Pass incident, which was the original name of the movie, was a real thing, and if you look into it, it's still kind of mysterious. There, there is an official explanation for what happened, but it's not the most satisfying conclusion. And even that has some question marks around it. You know, it's it, like it's one of those things we'll just never totally know the answers to this, but um. You know, what happened basically in 1959, uh, a group of Russian hikers and and mountain climbers who were experienced skiers, all of them, this was actually a certification to go from the intermediate to the highest level of uh, aptitude of certification, like a a level three certificate is what they were going for had they returned from uh, this trip, and uh, something happened, Oh, while they were on the trip when they when they didn't turn up people went searching and found their bodies on the mountain there were nine of them total and found them in various states of undress and there was some question about whether this you know when when they found the bodies like did they leave these tents quickly it looks like they cut their way out of the tents in some cases and why did they do that and why why did they leave in such a rush but it also seems that they didn't leave in as big a rush as you might expect that they were, they were kind of walking um and you know some were found near some running water some were found uh you know practically buried in the snow and And it was just never really clear, like, why were some of them in various states of undress and certainly not in uh, the kind of clothes that you would expect for people out there in the Russian mountains, in the northern Russian mountains, where it was incredibly cold. And, you know, it's the question mark, right? Like, why why did this happen? Why did they do this? Why did they behave in this way? And, you know, the uh, official cause of death for most of them was... That it was all uh, unhallucinated or uh, 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 hypothermia was what killed them all. But there was also a large uh, portion of the, the team that died from, you know, skull fractures and, and pressure. But they showed no outer signs of uh, like contusions and things like that. It's, it's really interesting. And, you know, I can't give you all the ins and outs of the uh, Dyatlov Pass incident here. Other than to say it was incredibly mysterious, eventually in, I think it was 2013, uh, not long after um, this movie came out, there was an official uh, sort of release from the Russian government that looked into it and said, this is what was called a, a shelf avalanche, which is, uh, you know, a little more rare and and could have been, you know, very sudden and caused. The reactions from some of these hikers and and so forth uh so yeah it, i mean just a very interesting mysterious uh you know uh, one of those things that that creates as many questions as it answers even as you look at the oh well maybe it was an avalanche but if so um you know why why were they in essentially two different camps? And what about the two people who just seemed to start a fire and wait there to die? And uh, it, it's really interesting. And, you know, some people argued, well, they actually were too experienced to go back and try to dig out all of their stuff. But if they had, they might have survived. And so there was a, a kind of a question... Um, or, or you know, an idea that maybe they would have survived if they had been less experienced, and and instead of following the rules, had done what was counterintuitive, uh, for you know skiers and and climbers of of their knowledge base. Um, so yeah, it, it, a fascinating story, right? Like there are so many questions about why they behaved the way they did, and and we'll never know. You know, that's the thing. It's uh. A, for it being a 60-plus-year-old mystery, we're just never going to know the truth of it, not completely. Uh, the avalanche is probably true, but it could be a combination of things that happened. Um, so it wasn't just one uh, thing that that occurred. Like, the avalanche set in in motion a series of events that led to, you know, this, this sort of pathological undressing, hysterical undressing that some of them did where... You know, their clothes were just kind of found behind them somewhere. And it's it super interesting. I find the whole thing incredibly interesting. And, and so that's why when, you know, you hear that a Hollywood director uh, who, you know, maybe I'm not the biggest fan of Rennie Harlan. But when you hear that he is doing a movie about uh, this incident, and it's a found footage movie, better yet, and it's a horror movie, it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, what are we dealing with? Um, you know, also there had been mysterious lights, uh, seen, um, before the, these Russian, uh, hikers went missing. And so it adds this sort of layer of UFO, uh, intrigue on top of, of this mystery. And, and that, that's all true, you know, I mean, not the UFO part, but it was certainly that people believed that, uh, there were mysterious lights seen. So there is uh, a bad element to it and uh, so you could go a lot of directions with this movie and somehow they go the dumbest direction possible Uh, this was written by a guy named Bikram Wheat who uh, has done movies like uh, Darkness Rising in 2017 a movie called The Worthy which I don't ever remember hearing anything about Um, but uh, apparently some sort of uh, post-apocalyptic film. But Darkness Rising um, was a, uh, you know, kind of a low-budget horror movie as well. And I, I haven't seen it. I cannot uh, speak to the quality of uh, of Darkness Rising other than to say that Ted Raimi is in it. So, you know, it, it can't be all bad. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Um, not what you would call a heavy hitter in terms of, of, uh, being a writer and certainly not a genre writer. And Rennie Harlan, as we pointed out a little bit on hard times, you know, I mean, he was still getting work and directing television and all that kind of thing. And he's got plenty of, uh, films in pre-production at the moment. So Rennie Harlan's doing just fine, but, uh, they were not, you know, at the, at, the, at the like this was a relatively new writer at this point, and Rennie Harlan was, was looking for a hit. And, um, as I said, there, were, there was this kind of interesting period where you saw a couple of movies like this come out from big name directors that were maybe looking for something kind of on the cheap to do. And while I'm not totally sold on the movie The Bay, I would say that it is a much more successful movie than this. Um, but let's get into it. Okay, now that we've kind of set the stage for what the Diala Pass incident was, and uh, what Rennie Harlan was doing when this movie came out, and, and you know, sort of maybe why he was looking to direct a movie like this, because it was probably going to be fairly inexpensive in terms of the kind of movie Rennie Harlan was used to doing. It's certainly not a cliffhanger or a Die Hard 2. The two movies, by the way, listed on Devil's Pass, uh, the the poster for the Devil's Pass. Um, So let's now apply our criteria to to this film. uh, In which we have a group of kids that are looking to recreate the Dyatlov Pass incident. They're basically following in the footsteps of the people who went missing. And it's led by um, Holly, uh, played by Holly Goss who to the best of uh, my research is a British actress and boy, she does not have a handle on the American accent in this movie, but she is uh, a student who is looking to do, you know, use this as kind of a research project. You've got Denise, who is the woman who's doing sound. You've got um, Jensen, who is uh, sort of the, the cinematographer of the two and, seems to kind of have the hots for Holly a little bit. You've got Andy, who is uh, the more experienced climber. And then you've got JP, who is uh, sort of Andy's buddy, who seems to be kind of the nicer guy in the grand scheme of things. Uh, When Andy and Denise hook up, uh, he refers to it as a a trail hookup. And you get an idea that Andy's a little bit of a player. But JP is just a, a, a nice dude. Um. So, anywho, uh, our five criteria then are going to be uh, number one: it does the movie make sense in terms of keeping the camera on? And this is truly a found footage movie. This is absolutely the kind of film that is: hey, these people went to recreate the journey of the Love Pass incident uh, victims. And we are going to try to figure out what happened. And so keeping the camera on totally makes sense. These are, look, when you get to the end of the movie and people are running around, it falls into the same trap that all of these movies do, or most of these movies do, in which you are kind of keeping the camera on uh, to, in quotes, document what happened to them so that the world will know. Um, and I'm fine with that. Like, it's, it's maybe a thin excuse, but fine. It's fine. Um, it, you know, what, whatever gets the job done. That's my motto. And so we've got that happening. You've got um, some use of the uh, infrared uh, camera as well to, to sort of light the darkness. So there's enough excuse for keeping the camera on that I'm okay with it. Uh, I think it mostly works. So keeping the camera on, totally fine. Then we get into the characters. Are the characters likable? Do we root for them? And that's a real mixed bag. I think JP is actually an interesting character of the the sort of sidekick climber who uh, is tied to the the college that they hail from. Because his parents were really wealthy and were big donors uh, to the school. And, but that feels real underbaked in the film. Like, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Uh, and not that every character trait has to matter, but it's kind of a bummer that it doesn't matter at all. Uh, other than to give him some texture. Holly is the very determined kind of... Uh, you know, we're I've got to get this story at all costs, and I'm gonna make some questionable decisions to hide some of the stuffs the, that we've discovered, um, just to, you know, keep uh the, the the expedition going, um, even though there are some hinky stuff happening, like there are footsteps that are found that appear, you know, in the middle of of the snow. And then disappear again as if somebody just dropped out of the sky. And so for part of the movie, you're like, oh, this is maybe an alien film. Uh, You know, an alien uh, encounter kind of story. Which ultimately is not what happens, but we'll get to that. And I'll, again, flag uh, the spoilers for that. But, um, so, she's kind of fine. JP is, is probably the most interesting, likable character. Jensen, who becomes very significant towards the end of the movie. I just don't think has much of a character at all other than being in love with his camera. And, and Denise is uh, a a bit of a bummer as well, uh, played by the actress, Jimma Atkinson. And uh, I mean, really her big uh, character motivation is that she is, you know, there to do sound and then hooks up with Andy and doesn't have a lot of other agency in the film which again kind of a bummer because you could make an interesting character out of this woman who is doing something that is traditionally a you know stereotypically at least a man's job uh but it's basically that she is there to be pretty and to you know get down with andy and to die relatively quickly in the film um so yeah a little bit of a bummer but the characters, like I said, mixed bag, not anyone exceptional. There's nobody that I was really rooting for. By the time you get to the monsters chasing people around portion of this film, as we often get to in, in these kinds of movies, I didn't really have a dog in this chase. Like Jay, once JP went down, I was like, eh, fine. I, and I'd seen this movie before, but it had been a while. And somehow or another, the Diablo Pass incident uh, crossed my mind recently. And I thought, you know, I need to do that movie for found footage fool. Uh, and, and here we are. And am I the better for it? Eh, you be the judge. Um, let's get to authenticity. Does does the movie feel like it's authentic, that this is all a thing that could happen. And this is also a real mixed bag. Cause on the one hand, it does sort of follow in the path of of the Dyatlov Pass incident, and it does get a lot of that history right, and I think that's interesting. Um, and, and the movie does, you know, like we're talking about going to the same towns where the the members of of the expedition, the original Dyatlov Pass incident expedition, uh, went, and talking about the survivor who did not or started on the journey and then turned back because of health problems and that sort of thing. And all of that feels pretty authentic. Um, yeah, it, it like there is enough authenticity that I can't really ding the movie for any of that, but it also isn't terribly compelling. And maybe that's more the next criteria than it is authenticity. Does this all feel like something that could have happened up until you get to the third act of the movie, which again, let's just say spoilers from here on out, that there is a point where they find a door that leads to an underground bunker. And as soon as you get to that door and you have characters saying, let's not tell anyone else about this door because they're already freaked out that's where it's a little bit hard to believe because even if you wanted to uh hide this fact from you know the the rest of the expedition that you're leading like why on earth would you be like you're taking everyone's lives in their hands and you're making decisions for them that are crazy you know and especially because the holly up to that point does not really display that level of, like, sociopathy. Uh, and so it doesn't totally feel, uh, you know, in keeping with her character uh, to some degree. So, yeah, I would say on authenticity, it's... The historical stuff, it gets right. The way that the characters behave, it does not. So... That brings us to our fourth criteria, which is watchability. Is the movie entertaining? Is it compelling? Does it you know keep you moving through the narrative? Um, All of that, and this is another problem because aside from like once you get out into the snow, once the expedition starts, and there's some creepy stuff happening in town, like hey, the person that turned back and ultimately went into. A mental institution and it's telling them like to stay away and, and that kind of thing um, you know that's kind of fun there's there's some good build up to the mystery but then once they're out there in the snow there's a lot of screwing around as we're getting to the third act where you know we start to see some character characters grousing at each other there are some hookups that don't necessarily make sense uh, with Denise and Andy and so forth and yeah, I, I just don't buy it. And then when you get to that third act, when you get to, you know, the, the monsters chasing people around. And spoilers, there are monsters in this movie that chase people. And you're getting the explanation of here's what's happening. And ultimately, to spoil this movie completely, that's your third and final warning, or maybe fourth and final warning... They find that Russia was trying to emulate the Philadelphia experiment, and w- which they say was about teleportation. But it turns out that there was some time travel stuff happening too, and something happened to the people on the ship uh, on the you know the uh, the ship that was you know, in quotes transported in the, the Philadelphia experiment. And so this was this sort of Russian facility that was trying to emulate this experiment and had found this kind of wormhole in the mountain or something. And so our two remaining heroes, Holly and Jensen get stuck with creatures chasing them inside this room where there is this tunnel that leads to whatever that leads to the unknowable that is a wormhole in the earth and ultimately they decide hey we're gonna have to if we we go back into the the building we're gonna be chased by these monsters So, if we go through this tunnel that leads to question mark, we have a chance at surviving. And so, that's what they do, and this is where we learn that the movie is really about the fact that these two characters went through this tunnel, go back in time to the Dyatlov Pass incident, that they are the ones in theory responsible for killing these people question mark because that's a little unclear um or just something happens that again this doesn't make a whole lot of sense but they're taken inside the facility where they are kept inside and surprise surprise uh our, our two leads of the film are actually the monsters that were chasing themselves and one presumes corralling them into Uh, this room so that it forms the proper time loop where if they don't go through this tunnel, then they don't exist in this facility in the future. And, you know, I like playing with time travel movies as much as anyone, but you know what I really don't want in a movie about the Dyatlov Pass incident is to discover that really it is a Philadelphia experiment movie. You know, like I, just about any explanation I would have liked more than the explanation we're given. In which our two main characters become the monsters. And that part of it I'm okay with. It's just the rationalization. The the logic train that leads you from... You know, hey, we're being chased by these monsters. Oh, those monsters are us. Even though they're never aware of that. But that's what we as the viewer are, are led to believe. And it just doesn't work for me. I just think it's dumb. And uh, you know, there are people that might find this to be a better ending than most of these movies or at least a little more creative. And I will grant you that it is unusual. It is not uh, it is not a routine kind of ending. And on that level, it's somewhat memorable, but it's also real dumb. And, you know, there's a whole lot of CGI with these monsters that they become and it looks kind of like garbage. It's real washed out and muddy looking and it's just bad. It's just bad. The ending of this movie is straight up bad. Um, All right. And so that brings us to the final trope that we look out for, which is scares. Is the movie scary? And this is another example uh, of a movie that is a little too smart for its own good. There are some jump scare stuff that might work on someone, but it doesn't have like an existential dread to it. The way something like, you know, resolution, which kind of treads on some of the same ground, certainly not the Philadelphia experiment stuff, but it, but gets into this kind of time loop stuff. Like that movie is a million times better uh, because it at least has a sense of hopelessness and desperation to it that I really like. This movie doesn't really have any of that. It's really just kind of a gimmick ending. I don't find it. I don't find it very scary. I find this setup really good. And the thing that I, I think is most frustrating about this movie, Devil's Pass, is that there's an interesting setup it's it's trafficking in a really fascinating mystery a real world mystery and then it just goes so off the rails with its potential explanation you know it's like what 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 is better than nothing literally anything you know that that old simpsons gym and that's what i wanted i wanted literally anything else Other than, oh, the Philadelphia experiment. Here's this time tunnel underground. You know, make it aliens. Make it Russian experiments. Whatever you want to do. But it's too much. It's putting a hat on a hat. Uh, You know, another old expression that I think fits this movie. So, yeah. And is it scary? No. Of course not. The ending is just dopey. And so by the time you get to that of, of what's going on... Like, there, there is a world in which discovering that they are the monsters is... You know, it, it does traffic in that kind of existential dread. But it couldn't possibly in this movie because it's just so haphazard. And, and the explanation, much like the Diatlov Pass incident itself, leaves so many questions. Because, like, okay, did the monsters understand that they were them and that's why they were corralling, Like Are these creatures self-aware enough at this point that they know that they have to get their future selves to make this decision so that they can be created? And if so, are they... Like, if you're going to do this, let's get into the monsters themselves. Like, are they intelligent? If they are intelligent, um, you know, are they would they like on almost more interesting take on this would have been that they're trying to keep the characters from making this decision. So they would never exist in this kind of awful state and be trapped underground for all these years. So I don't know. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And it's a shame because the movie has moments where I was thinking this could be good uh and then it goes totally off the rails and becomes a thing that is total garbage. So, uh very frustrating. Very frustrating this Devil's Pass business. Um all right, that's going to do it. That, that's enough about Devil's Pass. It's probably more than we should have talked about, but um anyway, interesting attempt at, at doing this kind of historical uh the kind of horror film and and uh found footage film, but man just it, talk about overcomplicating the issue. Um, the hat on a hat, I think, may be the, the best way to, to put this. So, um, at any rate, uh, what have we got coming up on uh, here on the Dark Parade? While I am still trying to finish uh, school and, and don't have as much time to do the research that I would like to do uh, to get the other uh, stuff done. The the big, deep dives on movies. So... Um, yeah we've got heart of horror coming up we've got a uh uh, what you watching with jamie and beau um some other surprises coming up i'm really hoping hoping that i can actually start delivering uh some of the um deeper dive stuff in the not too distant future um that is probably going to be aided by the fact that my lady friend is uh going to a conference and i will have nothing to do during the, that, that time, other than to help the kids with homework and, and do some homework of my own. So uh, there is that. Um, but also, we're right around the corner from October, and I will be doing the 31 days of October again for Legion Podcast. So please, please, please make sure you are subscribed to the Legion Podcast main feed. I will probably duplicate that on this feed. So, if you're subscribed to the Dark Parade, you will get that. But also, I encourage you, to, uh, as always, to uh, to subscribe to the Legion Podcast main feed on the podcast catcher of your choice, so that you can get not just this show, but you get you know Cinema Psyops and uh, Friday Nightmares and you know et cetera, et cetera. Hello, this is the Doom Show. Still still one of the best shows the recent episode on the movie haunts was just tremendous so uh yeah so make sure you're subscribing to that feed uh so you get all of that stuff but yeah so we're right around the corner from october i will be doing many reviews every day of 31 movies leading up to uh what i think is the the best uh halloween movie for the season that i have also not already talked about on the previous two years so you know if, if you want to look at it this way, there's going to be almost 100 movies that we will have talked about uh, during this time. So I'm, I'm excited to do this one. And um, yeah, and work on that has already begun and, and viewings have already begun. So that's uh, that's really exciting and fun. I, I really love this time of year. I, I love spooky season. I, I'm in the spirit. I've already started getting in all my supplies to construct my zombies that... As you hear this, the this coming weekend, uh, I will be assembling the first test zombie to make sure that uh, the Halloween decorations are going to look as good as I hope. Um, all right, so that is it for this time around. Uh, thanks, as always, for uh, checking the show out, for sharing and rating and reviewing where that is possible. Uh, please head over to LegionPodcast.com, go to the shows, and then click on the uh, link for the dark parade. And there you can find all the social media channels. I will say this again and again, the best way to uh, reach out to me is through the discord server, which uh, doesn't have all of the other social media trappings other than it's just where we all talk about movies and, and it's exciting. Uh, a discussion recently about the movie runaway, which popped up on the uh, pick six movies recently. So, uh, anyway, uh, please drop by, say hello, be part of that conversation. Uh, thanks for listening. uh, Thanks for being part of this. And, uh, and thank you as always for joining the dark parade. I'll see you next week.